Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Welcome. To the Royal Deluxe Podcast, a podcast about the Kansas City Royals by the tiredest guy on the internet who has a little bit of energy because he was just yelling at one of the cats and chasing it out of his room. Because for some reason, every time I start to do a podcast, like the moment I mentally prepare myself and decide to do a podcast, suddenly the cats come down and bother me. And not even, like, they want attention. No, they just, like, rattle something. They scratch something. They play in the cat box and just go, like, shh, 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 for, like, five minutes. It's like, what are you, what, why now? Why now when I'm actually trying to be productive? Uh, that's okay. I don't want you to think that I hate my cats or anything. I love my cats. If I didn't love my cats, then I wouldn't have three of them. Because who needs three cats? Let me tell you, I do. I need three cats. And you know what else I need three of? Three episodes of the Royal Deluxe Podcast every week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's when I upload. So follow, subscribe, stay tuned for more amazing analytical content from a tired boy. I'm also tired because I I have a dentist appointment very early in the morning. It's at 7. I'm going to be like the first person in that dentist office today. So that's cool. You're probably going to be listening to this while I am in real life at the dentist office. So pray for me. Pray for your boy. Oh, God. Oh, God. There's never a good dentist office, is there? Well, anyway. On Wednesday, the Royals played some baseball. And they won. They won a baseball game. And isn't that special? Isn't that wonderful? And it was not only a game that they won, but it was actually a good, solid, competitive game that was a bit reminiscent of the old days, some might say. Those 2014-2015 teams that 
you know, weren't the best if you just look at their roster, if you just look at their numbers, but they would do some things right, better than other teams, and they would capitalize on mistakes. And that's what happened on Wednesday's game. They won 3-2. to two. two runs were scored thanks to an error by Brandon Crawford. You know, that Brandon Crawford, who was basically the difference between Alex Gordon running home or not. Yeah, that guy. Hmm. I think that's interesting. And then they scored the third run thanks to a clutch pinch hit double by Andrew Benintendi, our boy. He did it. Yeah, he was a uh, pinch hitting for Emmanuel Rivera. Benintendi just kind of got the day off a little bit. Um, so Rivera got to uh, start, but uh, he didn't really do anything. So Benny got a pinch hit and came up big. Got that. Uh, got that third run, and that was all we needed. Jay Heasy. Jonathan Heasley kept the Giants to two runs, but only pitched four innings. He labored. He definitely labored. This is a Giants lineup that loves to look at pitches. They love to take pitches, so they made Heasley work for every single out. He only went four innings, four strikeouts, two walks, but only two runs. So that's good. And it was 92 pitches for the record. So, yeah. But we do have a sometimes competent bullpen. You know, when they're when they're good, they're good. So we had a scoreless Amir Garrett inning. We had a scoreless Taylor Clark inning. We had a scoreless Jose Quas inning, who actually got his first major league win. Awesome. I I love Jose Quas. So far, he has been the guy who has yet to disappoint me <laughs> in any way. Um and I don't want to say that he will at some point. I'm just saying that I don't have the highest expectations. But you know what? Good for Jose Quas getting his first win. He deserves it. He deserves the world. I love this guy. I really do love this guy. He's one of my he's probably my favorite pitcher right now on this team. And also we had a five out Scott Barlow save, which is excellent. That's definitely something we want to see. That is his seventh save of the year, and his he's he is down to a 1.6. Three ERA. Mm-hmm. I'm liking that. I'm really enjoying that. Oh, and also shout out to Bobby Witt Jr., who had a two-hit game. We only had four hits. The Royals only had four hits and one walk <laughs> in that game, but they somehow turned it into three runs. So that's nice. And Witt's speed, Bobby's speed, uh, was part of that two-run double. Uh, he was one of the guys who came to the plate off of that. So, great job to Bobby. Great great job to him. Great job to Benny. Great job to the pitchers. Maybe even great job to Mike Matheny for making that pinch hit. Because for some reason, David Lusky has pointed out that the Royals are hitting like 518 or something in pinch hit appearances. Okay. Like, that's, that's ex- not only is it ex- that extremely high, it's the best by a significant margin. So, I don't know if Mike Matheny is just that good at pinch hit appearances or whatever, but that's cool. Honestly, I kind of buy into it because I've always felt like Matheny's a really good manager. I, I really do. I think that he knows matchups pretty well. 
uh, it just sometimes doesn't work out because the royals are very limited in what they are capable of doing. Like I, like I say, I think Matheny would be really good on a playoff-ready roster. Oh, what do I know? I'm just some guy on the internet. And then the Royals had an off day on Thursday, so they didn't play at all, and that's fine. They are now 21 and 41, so cool. Yeah, it's not cool, actually. It's, it's pretty bad. And because it's so bad, I'm going to be doing something that you've probably seen many people do this season already. I'm going to speculate, throw out ideas, rather, for some trades. I think the Royals need to trade some guys. They should trade their good players who are productive and who have contracts that are expiring in zero to three years. The Royals are losing games. They're not going anywhere. So they should trade their best players for as many aspiring young minor league prospects as they can so that in the future they have a better chance of winning. I'm explaining this concept because it's for some reason lost on the people who have the power to make these decisions. So yeah, this is what you do when your team loses, or rather what your your team should do. You trade your best players that you you don't you have, anyone who's not going to be on the roster in three years or so should trade them because you don't need them right now. Instead, you need as many of those young guys as you can. Play the odds of them being good, being quality players that can contribute to a playoff roster. I would rather have that than whoever we have right now losing. I know it sucks to see your favorite player go away. It do- it definitely does, but again, it's something that should help the Royals. It's something that puts us in a better spot for the future. And, you know, I I have the Royals' best interest in mind. So I'm going to be doing what I can to get the best possible deals out of whoever we're trading. I am going to do my best to get the best prospects we can possibly get for our big pieces that we're giving up. Obviously, I'm not going to do anything like crazy. Like, I'm not going to say... Ryan O'Hearn gets traded for Jazz Chisholm Jr. or something like that, as cool as that would be, I'm going to keep this within reason. I want this to be believable. I want you to buy into this possibility. I want you to see where I'm going with this. I want you to believe that, hey, look, again, it's nice to have this guy on our team, but what if we trade him for like a really good prospect that can be really good in the future? You you get what I'm saying? I want you to believe in it as well. So I'm going to trade our guys to teams for a reasonable return and also teams that are competitive, teams that I think are, you know, actually trying to win, trying to get into the playoffs, and can actually use these players. So who is it on this Royals team that I'm going to trade? Who am I getting rid of? Uh, I'll explain. All right, so I'm going to trade Whit Merrifield, Andrew Benintendi, Michael A. Taylor, Cam Gallagher, Hunter Dozier, Scott Barlow, and Josh Stamont. Seven guys, and I have six trades. There's going to be one that's, uh, I'm I'm trading two guys at once. Trust me, it'll make sense. Um, And I would say that there are even more 
guys that have potential to be traded, but I'm not going to speculate trades on them. So let me explain who I'm not trading. First off is Zach Greinke. I'm not going to speculate a deal for Zach Greinke because I'm just kind of not sure what his value would be in the trade market. You know, like I'm tra- the trades that I'm making, I'm expecting some actually significant returns. Or at the very least, I'm making these trades because I really feel like it's in the Royals' best interest to trade these guys. And I don't think that applies to Granky. I don't think that we really need to trade Granky, and I don't think that he'd be worth a whole lot anyway. Because Granky pitches in a very unusual way for today's game, a way that could be considered kind of risky, kind of dangerous, the way he doesn't strike guys out and the way he goes for contact. I just wonder, is that going to hold up in more competitive markets? I'm not entirely sure. I can't say. You know, I'm not the guy looking at all the numbers and deciding what to do for a major league team. I mean, I'm I'm pretending to, but I don't have as much information as an actual front office guy or an informant or whatever they have going on over there. And also, like I said, I don't know if the Royals really need to trade Granky because we have Granky for a sentimental value, basically. It's not that big of a deal if he stays for the entire year because, I don't know, he's, he, he's here as a mentor He's here because some people want to watch him. It's it's just nice to have Greinke around, in my opinion. So I'm not really dead set on trading him this season. Another guy that I'm holding on to is Brad Keller. Now, I think the Royals definitely should trade Brad Keller, but I don't think that they need to do it right now. I'm fine with keeping Brad Keller for the rest of the season, but like I said, he... um. Anyone who's basically got an expiring contract within the next couple of years, they should be traded. And they should probably be traded as soon as possible. And Brad Keller, he's a free agent after next season. So he he definitely should be dealt at some point soon. But I think he would be better as an offseason deal. I'm not sure, again, I'm not sure what he would be worth right now. Because even though he is a, a quality starter... He is still coming off of a down year, and I'm not sure if this year he's going to be very convincing, basically. Because I think that some teams are going to look, they're going to look at that down year, and they're going to look at him this year and be like, oh, he's, you know, he hasn't improved that much, really. Uh, Maybe he was just like, maybe he was just good in his early career, and he's just declined since then or whatever. I'm just not sure if Brad Keller has made a convincing enough case for him to be worth um, a competitive team giving up a, a, a big prospect for, basically. But if he does improve later on in the season and finishes off strong and, you know, gets to being around average level, that's definitely going to be worth something. Because even an average starting pitcher is worth something not only because starting pitchers are getting harder to come by nowadays, but Brad Keller being consistent and durable, that is definitely going to be a very great thing. That is definitely going to boost his value a lot. I think that Brad Keller is going to be more valuable in the offseason than right now. And then Carlos Santana. 
He's another guy that I'm uh, not speculating a trade for because I'm just not sure what he would bring back. I think he could bring back like a a minor league reliever or something, like a 35-grade reliever in high A. That's just kind of like a, a random guy, kind of like uh, Jorge Soler did last year. It's something, but I'm not really going to be thinking too hard about tiny little trades like that. Like, those can happen, and this can apply for anyone else that I'm not trading. They could very well be part of another deal. I'm just not going to, you know, spend a, a lot of time thinking about what we could get for, you know, some random guy or whatever. The Royals should trade Carlos Santana if they can. I'm just not sure what competitive team is going to look at his last calendar year and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is worth something. Like, again, maybe they can get something really small for him, which I guess would be... It would be dumb. It would just be dumb, but whatever, man. You, You get it. Just not gonna think about it too much but yeah the royals should trade him if they can all right the, yeah those are the three guys that i'm not trading granky keller and santana they the royals can if they want i just don't uh particularly have much in mind for right now so let's get into those guys that i actually am trading again six trades for seven guys and lots of prospects in return. Or maybe not prospects, maybe just some actual players. Hmm. Well, let's start with Whit Merrifield, our boy. Whit Merrifield, who we've held on for so long. So much has happened. Ah, Whit Merrifield. Anyway, I am going to trade Whit Merrifield to the Philadelphia Phillies for Outfielder Matt Veerling and right-handed pitcher James MacArthur. I am going to uh, just just for anyone who's you know I, I doubt that you're very familiar with the Phillies minor league system, so I will uh, also share their prospect rankings. This is going to be according to FanGraphs, uh, if I can get a FanGraphs ranking, because I just you know. I like them. I kind of trust them. I would use MLB Pipeline, but they update it frequently throughout the year. So, for instance, Matt Veerling is actually not listed on MLB Pipeline anymore because he's played enough games at the major league level to not be a prospect anymore. So that's why I was saying maybe some of these guys aren't prospects. But going into the season, Matt Veerling was the fifth ranked prospect in the Philly system and James MacArthur was the 16th ranked guy. But keep in mind... The Phillies do not have a good system. So, yeah. But, thing is, I think the Phillies would like to have Whit Merrifield. I think they would really like him because that team is just a, a big mess right now. They, for some reason, decided to get like every designated hitter under the sun and put them all onto one roster. So... The result is about what you would expect. Nobody on that on that team plays defense pretty much anywhere. And it especially sucks because they're actually maybe one of their few competent fielders, Gene Sakura. Gene Sakura. I didn't mean to say Sakura. Gene Segura is injured. He was their second baseman. Oh, 
Well, look at that. Whit Merrifield can play second base, and he can play second base pretty well. And if they don't really need a second base, you can put him in the outfield anywhere you want, really. So Whit Merrifield is going to give the Phillies competent defense anywhere. He's going to be a competent bat anywhere. And he's not going to take up too much space on the payroll. So I think that's fine. Now, would the Phillies still be willing to give up their young, uh, just about major league ready guy in Matt Veerling? Because it is a bit of a big ask. Like I said, this is a team that has a lot of issues and they don't have a great farm system. They are not deep. They do not have a lot of young talent. So maybe they would really like to hold on to Veerling, who is just now getting his first real shot at the majors and actually covering for some other guys that the Phillies have tried, like Nicky Maniak, who was actually the number one pick back in 2016, I want to say. Maybe it was 2015. Whatever. But I, I kind of like him as a, as a prospect. He Again, he's not going to be, like, great, but I think he would be solid for us. Uh, Veerling, he's a guy who, he does a lot of things decently, just not amazingly. He takes a few walks, he doesn't strike out a lot, has a little bit of power, makes decent enough contact, and I think that's a combination of tools that would work really well with the hitting coaches that we have in Kansas City. And he can actually play center field kind of competently, which is something that the Royals really do not have a lot of guys that are capable of. We don't have a lot of center fielders. Just in general, I would say our outfield depth in the minors is pretty thin. So I am going to be going for some outfielders. You're going to see a lot of outfield trades, uh, or rather a lot of outfield prospects coming into the Royal system through all of these trades that I'm making. So there's one right there. And then we've also got James MacArthur, who is a right-handed pitcher. And he's not like a a big deal, but he's about big league ready, and he's a reliever who has potential to be a spot starter every now and then, which, you know, we can't have, an, you, you really, I mean, I, I'm kind of jokingly saying, oh, the Royals just can't get enough of these guys, but really, you, you can't, you cannot have enough of these guys, so that's what I am looking at for a year and a half, at least, of Whit Merrifield. Now, there is a sort of trade website that some people like to use when they speculate trades. There's a, like a, a trade simulator for the major leagues. I, you know, wrote my ideas down and then plugged them into the sim later. And it said that this one is actually pretty much entirely even. It says that the Royals get about 7.9 uh, in terms of millions of dollars in value uh, from those two guys that they get from the Phillies. And Whit Merrifield himself is worth 7.7. So, the, web, the Magic website says it's a great deal. I would be happy with this at this point. So that's my trade for Whit Merrifield. Then, next, we've got potentially our big blockbuster deal. The guy that I would like to think has a lot of eyes on him. One of the top trade targets of the year. Andrew Benintendi. I'm going to trade him to the Milwaukee Brewers for outfielder Sal Frelick and outfielder Lorenzo Cain. <laughs> I don't know if this idea 
is ridiculous. It probably is ridiculous, but I don't know if it is genius or just lunacy. Like, I, I really have no idea if this trade is realistic or not. I mean, I, I'm going to reason with it. I'm going to, again, try making you believe in it. I want to say it's within reason. I have some explanations for it. Um, but it's just, man, this is like the dream trade for me. Like, of all of these that I'm going to say, I really want this one to happen. Because I just think it would be, it would be funny. It would be funny for me. Because Sal Frelick is the guy that I drafted for the Royals last year. Or, okay, I didn't draft him for the Royals. I mock drafted him. You know, he was the guy that I was looking at. And I'm like, hey, the Royals should take him. Ninth overall. He seems like a good a good guy that would work really well in our organization. And I still believe in that. I really think that Sal Frelick would be a solid prospect for us. He, he, he could potentially be a top 100 prospect someday. Uh, right now, he is, I believe, the third ranked prospect in the Brewers system. Although I think MLB Pipeline actually has him as, as first. But again, the Brewers are another team that do not have a good system. In fact, their system is, uh, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not looking good right now. I mean, they've been at it for a while. They've been in playoff contention for a while. So that happens. And that's why this is so bold. Like, are the Brewers going to give up one of their, like, like their top, top prospect for a couple months of Andrew Benintendi? That is, uh, you really don't see that too much. But again, I love Frelick. I love this guy. I think he would be awesome. He he can stick center field. Again, we don't have a lot of center field guys. He runs well. And he has a combination of contact, discipline, and power that the Royals can really bring to a next level. Like I said, this guy could be a future top 100 guy if he gets into the Royal system and works with the coaches we got. Because we have success developing hitters like him. So I really want him in our system. And maybe this is the way we do it. But again, like, it's a top prospect for a, for a rental. And Andrew Benintendi, like, he's good, obviously. But is is the amount of time that we're giving up for him really going to be worth that much? Well, that's why I threw the other guy in here. Yeah. Re remember that I had a second guy coming back to the Royals, Lorenzo Kane. Good old Lolo. I'm bringing him back to the Royals because here's the thing. As much as we love Lolo, he's real bad right now, <laughs> which, which really is unfortunate. It sucks. It sucks to see. It's sad, honestly. And as a result, he is genuinely contemplating retirement. Like he has said, this might be his last season. He hasn't, he hasn't like said that for real. Well, he did say that basically word for word, but he hasn't said like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely done after this season. But he, he, he said he's thinking about it basically. So yeah. What do you think? He finishes his career in Kansas City. I would like to say that's a nice happy ending. But more importantly, on like an objective level, we would be taking Kane's salary off the Brewers' hands. We would getting him. We would be getting him off their roster and and 
replacing him with a way better hitter. Like, this would be a huge boost to the Brewers. And that's why I think it could potentially give us a top prospect in return. We're, we'd be taking on a pretty big salary. Like, let's not make... Let's not understate this. Lorenzo Cain is probably still owed, like, $10 million for the rest of the season, even if we trade him in July. And maybe that's the most bold thing about this trade, saying that the Royals are going to eat some salary. But I think if if the Royals are going to eat salary, number one, it's only for the rest of this year. And, like, who cares, really? And it's Lorenzo Cain. Like, if there's anyone we can do that for, it's Low Cain. He would absolutely be worth it. Like, Lorenzo Cain is one of the most celebrated Royals ever. Every time the Brewers come to town, which has happened a couple times already, he is given multiple standing ovations. Like, I actually think he's the most missed of that main core of Royals. Like, even more than Hosmer. Like, Hosmer was more popular when he was here, but I think the fact that he, you know, got a the higher salary and hasn't been very good for the Padres has maybe not kept his reputation. Not, not that people don't miss Hosmer or anything like that. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. Point is... Locaine would just be like I, I'm I'm positive that there are a ton of people in Kansas City who would just be overjoyed to see him play just for a couple more months, especially if this is his last season. Like if he retires as a royal at the end of the season, yeah, I think a lot of people would be really happy. And, you know, he'd bring the kind of charisma and leadership that would really go a long way for this young Royals roster. He would make this team a lot more fun, if nothing else. I'm not saying they're, they're, he's going to help us win games, but it doesn't matter. The season is lost. It's meaningless. We we might as well. Let's do the Brewers a solid, get Kane off their hands, and yeah, put him on this young Royals roster to just have a little bit of fun. So, remember, remember that uh, trade simulation thing that I said? Yeah, I plugged that in. It says that Benintendi is worth 11.5. Frelick is worth 18. But Locane is worth negative 7.8, which actually brings it down to 10.2. So the Brewers are getting 11.5. That is actually going to be a, a, a great deal for the Brewers, apparently, according to this magical website. So absolutely. Absolutely, the, the, we need to make this trade. <laughs> Call the Brewers general manager right the hell now and make this happen. I would be so, I would be so overjoyed if that happened. Yeah, I would love it. All right, so next. All right, next. Um, this goes to the Atlanta Braves. Hey, Atlanta, you remember the last time we gave you an outfielder? Wouldn't you like to do that again? We've got another one for you. I'm going to trade Michael A. Taylor to the Atlanta Braves for right-handed pitcher Bryce Elder, shortstop Ambioris Tavares, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, and shortstop Luke Waddell. So, uh, first of all, Bryce Elder is the fourth-ranked prospect in their system. Tavares is ranked 15th, and Luke Waddell is ranked 26th. So, pretty solid package that we're getting for just one guy. And I'm just 
not entirely sure what MAT's value is because, you know, we gave him a very, very cheap extension. Two years, $9 million. So he's going to be around next year, um, which does make me kind of want to say that it's not like a big deal if we don't trade MAT, but like, I just think his value could be really high right now. I'm selling high on MAT um, because he is, you know, he is hitting in a way that he's never done before in his career. His strikeouts are down. His walks are way up. Like he has become an above average hitter this season and you add that on top of his already amazing defense in center field and it's like mat is a really good player on a very very cheap contract so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna sell high i'm gonna sell high and say hey look we've got this guy who can probably be like a five war player this year and next year I don't want to wait around and see if, you know, MAT is going to consistently hit like this. Because what if he doesn't? You know, what if he, what if this year is just some kind of aberration or whatever? I don't want that to happen. Sell him, sell now. Just do it. Don't make the same mistake you made with Carlos Santana, okay? I think he'd be a great fit for the Braves because the Braves have a pretty bad outfield like across the board defensively. It it's in the red. It's not good and also two out of 3 are not even hitting well. So I think at worst MAT is going to be a great defensive upgrade for them. At best he's going to be really really good for them. He'll he'll be like a godsend for them. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. That's why I'm selling high. So in return for him, I'm not getting like top top guys but, you know, good prospects still. Bryce Elder is a close to, if not already, major league ready starter. He gets a ton of ground balls with a good four-pitch mix. He gives up a few too many walks, maybe. So with a competent pitching coach, he might do well. But, you know, we he, he's going to be with Cal Eldred, so it's going to get a lot worse. That's probably how you get a good prospect out of anybody. You just say, hey... We're going to give him to Cal Eldred, so he's going to actually suck. So, yeah. But, you know, I tried. I'm doing my best. I'm not saying the prospects are going to be good. I'm just saying I'm getting good prospects. Well, I'd like to believe that they're going to be good. I'm sorry, that was a bad comment. Whatever. Moving on. Anyway, Tavares, he um he is ranked 15th in their system, so he's like a decent ranking. But he's an 18-year-old guy like he was an international signing last year so he's he's gonna be a project he's a long ways away but he was worth seven figures he got like a one and a half million signing bonus last year so he has a lot of potential and then there's luke waddle who i'm kind of throwing in he's only a bit of a utility player but you know he slaps the ball around and he plays a lot of positions he's a guy that the royals just love having so i think it'll be like a minor piece in the major leagues if that makes sense so i plug this into the sim plug this into the trade website it says the royals are getting 6.4 in value the braves are getting 4.2 so it is a pretty lopsided trade in our favor but if you take away tavares 
it's pretty much even. And I'm fine with that. I would be fu- I would be willing to give up Tavares in this trade and just have Elder and Waddle. I think that would be fine. But I also think that this website is maybe underrating MAT. I think that it's probably just taking last season stats, or rather all past stats, into account. Basically, it's like, it's not really seeing that the, the dramatic improvements that MAT has made this season with his bat. So I don't think that it's rating him properly. I'm still going to sell high. I'm no, I ain't no coward. I ain't taking any of this back. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to go in on it because it's what I want. Like I said, I want what's best for my team. So I'm going to keep going and I'm going to do it. All right, next guy, Cam Gallagher. I'm going to trade him to the Tampa Bay Rays for right-handed pitcher Sandy Gaston, who is their 17th ranked prospect. And that's about it. Um, Yeah, it's not going to be a big return. I don't know if Cam Gallagher would be worth a big return. I'm not sure what his value is either. Apparently, the Royals get lots of calls on him. And honestly, I believe them. I actually really do believe that because I think that Cam is a great catcher. And we just don't see him a whole lot because, you know, we've got like the most popular catcher in baseball. So... Yeah, but seriously, Cam is a great catcher defensively, and I think his bat is, like, okay enough where he's not a black hole in the lineup. And Tampa Bay, right now, they're missing their main catcher, Mike Zunino, due to an injury, and uh, Francisco Mejia is just awful. Like, he is absolutely terrible. Remember when he was, like, the top catching prospect in baseball? I don't know what the hell happened to that, but, uh, yeah. So I think that Cam would be a good fit for the Rays. So, obviously, you know, as, as a backup catcher that we don't really need anymore, I don't think that he's going to be worth a ton, but, again, it's a trade we should definitely make. Gaston is a future reliever who touches triple digits with his fastball, but he can't command it. He does have a lot of secondary stuff, though, so that kind of stands out for him as a reliever. In fact, there is still maybe a slight glimmer of hope that he could be a starter because he has like a, I think he has four pitches, but the command is just way too bad. But still, he could be a power reliever and I will take that for, yeah, for just Cam Gallagher, who I don't, I really don't think we need anymore. I love Cam and I think he can be great for other teams, but again, we just don't need him right now. Now, plugging them into the trade simulator, Gaston is 2.9, and Gallagher is 0.5, so this is uh, super lopsided for the Royals, actually, but I don't know. This might be overrating Gaston, and it might be underrating Gallagher, so I'm going to hope that's the case with this sort of thing, and that this is a fair trade, and if not, then whatever, We we should still make this trade anyway. I'm sure the Rays are really dumb and can be easily fooled. So let's just steal some of their pictures and call it a day. And yeah, they clearly will never notice. All right, next, Hunter Dozier. We're going to send him and $6 million in cash to the Boston Red Sox 
for utility player Christian Arroyo and right-handed pitcher Thaddeus Ward. So I like Dozier. I think he's all right. He's barreling the ball just like he did in 2019, and it's, you know, kind of giving him a season similar to 2019. And I think he would do well in a hitter-friendly ballpark like Fenway, along with the rest of the American League East, which is pretty hitter-friendly. Plus, I think he's he plays a competent enough first base and a competent enough left field to be worthwhile for the Red Sox, who are currently seeing some holes in their lineup at those two positions specifically. So I think he'd be a good fit for the Red Sox, but I still don't think that we can get rid of Dozier without eating some of his salary. Because, I I mean, again, I like him, but I don't know if he's two years, $17 million valuable. That's what he's owed for the next two seasons. Not not including this season, which is like another few million, but whatever. So I think we're going to have to give some money to help sweeten the deal. And also, we're kind of taking back a reclamation project from the Red Sox. We're going to take on Christian Arroyo, who is not, in fact, a prospect. He is a major league bench player of sorts. He used to be a top 100 prospect. Uh, several years ago when he was actually in the Rays system, but has been traded around a few times, and I don't know what exactly has gone wrong with him, but yeah, he hasn't really done anything at the major league level. So, we could try reworking him. It could turn out to be nothing. It could be a futile effort. But if so, you can non-tender him at the end of the year. It's not a big deal whatever. And if he does work out, if he does turn into something better, then hey, you've got him for two more years. He has two arbitration years after this. So I'm willing to take that on. And then you get Thad Ward, who is the 18th prospect in the Red Sox system. He's um kind of a low-end rotation piece. He's got a lot of really good breaking stuff as well as a cutter. He's actually got a five-pitch mix, it looks like. But his fastball is kind of uh, not very good. I wonder where I've heard that before. Someone with a weak fastball, but some good breaking stuff. Hmm. But, also, he had Tommy John surgery not too long ago. He is a... He has recovered from it, and he's back to pitching, back to starting this season, so looks like things might be alright, but still, it's worth bringing up. So that's who I'm hoping to get out of Hunter Dozier. I'm not expecting a big return, obviously, but, you know, we don't need Dozier on this roster. We we probably shouldn't have signed him to that extension for all that guaranteed money. I don't know why they did that, frankly. We have a billion guys who can play any position better than him, and I buy into their futures better than Dozier. So we don't need Dozier. Just try to move Dozier however you can. I feel like this would be the best way for us. And the simulation, will it agree? Hopefully? Let's see. Looks like Arroyo and Ward are worth 1.3. Dozier and Cash is worth negative (laughs) 4.4. Wow, Dozier is worth a whole negative 10.4. That's sad. But 
Keep in mind what I've said about this in the past. I think that this website is taking last season's stats into account and not really taking into account this season's. So it's probably rating Dozier as if he's still the worst player in baseball. So I, I don't think it's that bad. I'm sure it's probably all right, especially with the with the few million that we're throwing in. So, yeah. Oh, I'd also like to point out that um, the first draft of this post that I was making, because I, I actually posted this onto Reddit, onto Casey Royals. Um, yeah, my first draft, my first initial pick was actually Connor Siebold, who's, I think, ranked similarly in the, in the Red Sox organization. But then I looked at his stats for this year, and he's actually throwing really well. He has like a two ERA in AAA, so it's like... Oh, <laughs> the, the the Red Sox probably aren't going to want to give him up. At the very least, not for Hunter Dozier. So, uh, yeah, I will uh, back out of that. But, if, man, if, if, if we could get Connor Siebel, that would be wonderful. All right, so last trade. The last one on the list. It's going to be a two-for-one deal. I'm going to trade Scott Barlow and Josh Stamont together to the Minnesota Twins for outfielder Austin Martin and left-handed pitcher Steve Hajar. Now, this is one that I think is very fun because Barlow and Stamont, I think, have as much value as basically anyone. And because they're relievers and because no one can ever have enough relievers, you can literally trade them anywhere. You can trade Barlow and Stamont anywhere. You can trade them together like I am doing right now, or you could piece them individually. It's 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 a total freestyle. You can literally think of whatever you want with these guys. So, for this reason, I am going to do something impossible. I am like 99% sure the Royals would never do this. I'm going to trade them to a divisional rival. It's, it's, it's just not something the Royals ever do. They really don't like trading to divisional rivals. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the big deal is. They should just get over themselves because this is going to be a banger return for us. All right, I'm asking for the Twins' top prospect for Stamont and Barlow. That's what I'm that's what I'm looking for. Their number one guy, a top 100, maybe even top 50 prospect in baseball in Austin Martin. This is uh, actually someone the Twins got for Jose Barrios last year. And uh, yeah, this might seem like a lot, but think about this. Scott Barlow and Josh Stamont are solid relievers who have been capable of handling themselves in many different positions. High leverage, low leverage, runners on, closing, whatever. Doesn't matter. They can do it all. They can do whatever. Scott Barlow's ERA is like 1.5 right now. And last year, he was, by in terms of war, one of the best relievers <laughs> in baseball. Now, Stamont this year isn't like, as great, he has a 3.38 ERA right now, but 
still has a career three ERA, pretty much three flat. His, in fact, his his strikeouts are way up this year compared to last year. His alt walks are also way up, but that was kind of normal for Stamont anyway. And Barlow, you know, his strikeouts are down, but he's still getting it done with his breaking stuff. He is absolutely fantastic this season. He is nails. And between the two of these guys, you're getting five years of control. Barlow has two more years of control left, and Stalmont has three after this season. So that's why I am asking for such a big prospect, because it's five years of control for two very good relievers and versatile relievers. And not only that, but I'm also asking for another pitcher, uh, someone who isn't like nearly as highly ranked or anything, but still, I'm I'm really asking for a banger trade right here. Um, Martin, like I said, I've been harping on. I've, I've been, I keep saying he's the he's the he's the Twins' top prospect and whatever. He's a guy that swings a lot without striking out. He has great contact ability and he has phenomenal plate discipline. He can get a 400 on base. That's what he did last year in the minors. He doesn't have a lot of power and his outfield defense isn't like amazing, but that approach, you know, having that discipline, that's something I really want to see. That's what I really that's what I I really want to lean into with a uh with the prospects because I just feel like that's more easily coachable at the very least for this royal staff. I feel like Austin Martin is the kind of hitter that would be developed really, really well in our system with our coaches. We have success developing those guys. If you look at Melendez and Prado and uh and Bobby Wood Jr., guys like that. So yeah, and also he plays outfield. <laughs> and like I said, we need some more outfielders. He would immediately be our best outfield prospect. I was already getting our outfield best outfield prospect by getting Sal Frelick, but he would be even better than that. So, yeah. And also, this uh, left-handed pitcher I've got, he's actually a, another guy who has a great approach. He has a feel for pitching. You know, someone who seems like he could be easily coachable by the Royals. Because I, I believe in the minor league development that we've got. So his mechanics are good. He still has a lot of room to develop physically. He's like a 6'5" guy uh drafted out of college but he's still only 20 or 21 years old he was like a really young college uh draft pick so yeah he's someone who uh is still a bit of a project but he can be a decent starter someday so that's why i'm asking for scott barlow and josh stamont and then i plugged this into the simulation it says that hajar is worth 2.4 Martin is worth 19.2, so that's 21.6 overall. The tw the, and meanwhile, Barlow is worth 11.1, and Stamont is worth 20. So this is overall 31.1. Oh, this is actually severely lopsided in favor of the Twins, and I am asking for their top prospect. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> I don't. I did not expect that. So um, this is actually a horrible trade. We should be asking for more. Apparently, that's what this website is telling me. I don't. I don't know. I don't think the rules. Whatever. But 
That's what I want. So overall, here's what I've done for the Royals. I've traded Whit Merrifield, Hunter Dozier, Andrew Benintendi, Michael A. Taylor, Cam Gallagher, Scott Barlow, and Josh Stamont. Which, I know, it's so sad. It sucks because we don't want to see those guys leave. We want them to win championships with the Royals. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. But, in return, I got Matt Veerling, James MacArthur, Christian Arroyo, Thad Ward, Lorenzo Cain, Sal Frelick, Bryce Elder, Ambioris Tavares, Luke Waddle, Sandy Gaston, Austin Martin, and Steve Hajar. The number 5 and number 16 prospects for the Phillies, the number 18 prospect of the Red Sox, the number 3 prospect of the Brewers, the number 4, 15, and and 26th prospects for the Braves, the number 17 prospect for the Rays, the number 1 prospect, and number 23 prospect for from the Twins. That would be a gigantic boost to this farm system. Like, we would most likely have, maybe not the best farm system, but like, man, this would be such a loaded system if we did all of that. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen. Not only because these trades themselves might be bold, but also the Royals just don't like trading. They don't seem to appreciate the value, the beauty of trading. But man, this would give us such a deep system. And I really want it to happen. Because like I said, I want the Royals to be good someday. And are we going to be good with those guys that I'm trying to trade? With Whit Merrifield and Benintendi and MAT and Dozier and etc.? I'm just not entirely confident. So, I that's why I choose to invest in the future. But, you don't have to take this too seriously. You're welcome to tell me that I'm terrible and I don't know what I'm doing. Feel free to contact me at Royal Deluxe Pod or Royal Deluxe Podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, tell me how, tell me what you think about these trades and tell me how, or, or tell me what you would trade instead. If you have some better ideas, I would love to hear them. I would love to hear from you. Dude, I just got a comment that says, I would do unfathomable things to bring Locaine back to Casey. You see? You see? I'm good at my job. I, I should be the Royals GM, or at the very least, I, sh- I should be the guy to be like, hey, trade these guys. I just put some names into a computer, and it said that we should do this. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I uh, hope you don't mind the longer episode, and I hope you don't mind me being so unnecessarily wordy at times. That's why all of my episodes are way longer than they should be. But yeah, hopefully, you know, the length will tie you tide you over until Monday, or maybe I'll forget to do a podcast on Monday, and I'll do it on Wednesday instead. We'll see. But that's going to do it for me. Thank you very much for making this podcast a part of your day, and I hope you're having a good one. I'm Lux, and go Royals. Go trade some guys, Royals. Go do it.